This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here on the DKPittsburghSports.com Podcasting Network. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Carter Critiques. We're here talking about your Pitt Panthers. We're going to talk some basketball and some football today because it's been a wild week. While March Madness was a thing, we're now into April, but you could say this is transfer madness for Pitt. I mean, it's not, and when you put it in perspective of the entire NCAA, it's actually kind of transfer normality. But it's a lot to keep track of. So we're going to help you keep track of all the things that have been going on with the pit, with Pitt and the transfer forward as far as basketball. And we're also going to get you ready for the Pitt Blue Gold Spring Game because Pitt football plays their spring game next weekend. And I'll be there at Heinz Field covering it for you for DK Pittsburgh Sports. Now, let's start with Pitt Hoops. This is a big week because we kind of got our first sense of how Pitt's going to attack the transfer portal because they got someone in the transfer portal. But they also lost more players. They now have seven players who are transferring out of the program. And just as early as Friday, or as late as Friday, excuse me, they lost Maxim Madison, center that never really turned out too much. Like he kind of just, you know, he play, played very limited minutes. Um, doesn't really add to the factor too much. But Femi Odakale transferring out of the program. That's one that kind of made sense once you saw that they got Nelly Cummings in the transfer portal to come to Pitt from Colgate. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Nelly Cummings, he was a highly touted uh, recruit coming out of Midland, Pennsylvania. Um, he was he was a, he was a point guard, explosive, could shoot. Went to went to Colgate, was decent, you know, a whippy old star that people liked coming out. Um, originally went to Bowling Green, transferred to Colgate, been playing there. Averaged a little over 14 points a game. You know, shoots decently from three. Is really quick off the dribble. He's your tr- more traditional point guard. He's a guy that, you know, he's better than Jamarius Burton in, in that respect. I see Burton is more of an off guard, uh, a guy that doesn't he doesn't set everything else up, but he's really good when you get when he gets his lanes. Um, Cummings can be a guy who can handle the ball, who can do a little bit of what Xavier Johnson was able to do for Pitt. And you really saw them miss Xavier Johnson in the transfer portal this year because even with as crazy as X would get at times, with how he dribble into three guys and he wouldn't care, uh, and he wouldn't he wouldn't look at, look up and play to the pace of the offense to keep things going. Um, he was ex- his explosiveness 
changed everything and it made it easier for other team for other teammates to score. And when you don't have someone that can do that, who could create off the dribble um, and facilitate, it limits your offense, which you saw a lot from Pitt this year. But let's talk about this transfer portal situation because now, to be clear, by my count, Pitt should have, I believe, seven scholarships available now to still give out. And that's after giving one to Nelly Cummings because you have seven players that have hit the transfer portal now. Noah Collier, Maxim Madison, Chris Payton, Ithiel Horton, Femi Odakale, and Anyabuchi Eziakudo. Now, Eziakudo wouldn't have counted in that transfer portal or in the scholarship count, but he got one uh, mid-season this year for all his hard work. So he does. So that's now seven trans. So that's, that's seven guys who transfer out, and with Muhammadu Gi and his eligibility running out, that's eight guys that you're losing from the team from last year, and you've only added one. So Jeff Capel has all the room to be aggressive in the transfer portal, and we've been told by Heather Light, the athletic director for Pitt, that Pitt's changed its approach to the transfer portal, whereas before it was kind of like they just went off of what they knew and they did their own research, they did their research and went into it. Now they have people who are dedicated full time to studying the transfer portal, so that they know all throughout the process what players they should be targeting, who might be getting talked to from other teams, and being better prepared to attack the transfer portal than they have been in recent years. Because as you're looking around the league, more and more teams are depending on the transfer portal to, to, to be successful. You look at some of the teams that even made the Sweet 16. Miami uh, scored, you know, lot, lost players in the transfer portal, but they got uh, their best guard through the transfer portal, and he changed them as a team this year. Iowa State, another team, lost a lot of players, but gained a lot of players, changed themselves up, made, their, made themselves competitive in the transfer portal. Um, you know, uh, uh, Wake Forest is another example in the ACC. Granted, they didn't make the tournament, but they went from being one of the worst ACC teams last year to a top five ACC team this year. So there's lots of uh, lots of things about how the transfer portal is shaping college basketball. And I keep calling it this. It's like the wild, wild west. We're discovering what things should be with the transfer portal every year. Like, you know, people are saying, hey, Chris, what's the calendar for like when these guys are picking schools? It's like, listen, we think it's you know, the back end of the tournament, we think it's after the tournament. We don't know because we're still figuring these things out. This is, you know, how much the transfer portal is getting used. That aspect is still growing every year. Like last year, I believe there were 1,700, 1,800 kids that went, that went into the transfer portal. Now that was, and that was a trendsetter. Like that was the most ever. And this year, I think, I know they're already over a thousand and it's still growing uh, because players are still figuring out if this is their place, you know, coaches are getting fired. Heck, you had the entire scholarship roster for LSU leave their program when their coach got fired, uh, which also means, by the way, Efton Reed, the guy that was a five-star center uh, last year that Pitt was supposedly an inch away from getting before LSU swooped in and got him, uh, he's now also in the transfer portal. So that's something to watch there as well to see if Jeff Capel tries to see if there's still something there to go get an Efton Reed with because that would certainly solve Pitt's big man problem and pair him with John Hughley. Whew, that would be uh, that'd be a dangerous front court because he's uh, he's definitely athletic. But point being, Jeff still has a lot of work to do, but I look at how Pitt's handling this, and I think this is going to really test the direction of the Jeff Capel era. And this might be the last year of the Jeff Capel era. There's no, there's no, you know, shaking that off. You know, the buyout's going to, going to lessen this, this year. So that would give them space, even though, uh, Heather like is saying that, uh, you know, Heather like saying that, that the, that the buyout had no factor in their decision to keep Jeff Capel this year as, even if that is true, 
you know that it's it's tough to sell it that like oh yeah you can just take her word for that because uh you know when you, what, what is she supposed to say like oh yeah we would have totally fired him if we wouldn't paid him and then you know what's jeff capel supposed to respond to that so jeff heather heather said the right thing there but I will say for the transfer portal and what Pitt has to do, they they have to be even more aggressive now. I think Nelly Cummings is a good start because he gives you at least a base point guard to work with next year. But with Horton and Odakali gone, you need you now need another ball handler. Well, actually, I think with with Sabande and Burton still on the team, you need another ball. You have, you have ball handlers, but you need shooters. You need guys who can hit from outside, guys who can who are, who are quick and can and can hit those shots. If if Jeff Cable can find some guys who can hit from outside, it, it will really help with pit spacing. But Pitt's also limited on wings right now. You know, Nate Santos. They got to hope that he come, that he comes up and, and makes some moves, uh, or again, you know, gets get, you know improves. William Jeffress. I mean, if he, can he develop anything offensively? There's a lot of space for Pitt to improve this year, but there's also a lot of talent in the uh, in the transfer portal. And I keep telling people this. People say, "Oh, who's in the transfer portal?" And I'm like, "Listen, there's literally over a thousand players in the transfer portal." It is, this is, like, NFL free agency can be wild to predict, but you at least have, you know, a hub of players under 100 that you can be like, all right, these are the guys to look for. In the transfer portal, there's so many players, and they're coming from different directions. You know, I was looking at some guys from Ivy League schools and smaller schools who Pitt could take uh, and, you know, and, and say, hey, you get a chance to play in the ACC. Um, you know, we're basically forming a team. You could be, like, the, one of the one of the building or the, one of the pillar players for this upcoming team because we're having a lot of turnover. You know, I was saying that, but a lot of those guys, they're going, they're going to other teams. But that doesn't mean that other people in the transfer portal won't so go, go try to go try to go to Pitt. And I, I truly see Jeff Capel being extremely aggressive here. Um, this is, but but again, I think this is this is the really big thing here is this is a testing ground to see this new system that they've put in place for how they study the transfer portal. How does it work? Do they get a big man to pair with John Hoogley? Do they get a, a wing who can score? Because Nate Santos, you know, was heralded as a sharpshooter coming out of high school. Didn't do much sharpshooting this year. Uh, William Jeffers heralded as one of the top recruits of his class in 2020, um, and but you know, and he's I think he's solid on defense. I think he has good hustle for rebounds, but has no offensive confidence or skills right now that he can that he can flash right now, and that has to change. Um, but think about this: what the transfer portal's done to Pitt, the 2020 class, which I've been saying that Jeff Capel needs to make something something of that class, otherwise that that'll be the end of it. There were five players that got th- in the 2020 recruiting class. Femi Rukali, John Hughley, Maxim Madison, Noah Collier, and William Jeffress. Three of those five guys are gone. Now, granted, Max Madison, not that big of a deal. He was always kind of like the, hey, if he works out, he's a seven-foot center from you know international, and he can, that, that, that'd be great. But uh, Femi Odakale... Noah Call, like I, he, Femi would have would have been great to if he, if he if he could have just worked on it, but he struggled on defense, struggled with turnovers, and didn't bring the explosiveness. He was very sometimey with his scoring. I get it when Nelly Cummings came because now he's like, dang it, you know, I'm not going to be the favorite guy to be uh, to be starting at point guard here with Nelly Cummings around for another year. Um, so I, again, that's why it was kind of foreseen that once they got Nelly Cummings, Femi was going to be out the door, and even before that, it was kind of like feeling like, yeah, Femi could be one of those guys. Noah Collier is disappointing because he always projected like a good guy to come off the bench to support John Hughley. And if he could figure out things on offense, he'd be even, he, he could even work himself into the four role uh, next to John Hughley. But again, I think when Jeff Capel said after that Boston College loss that ended the season in the ACC tournament, he said, we need to get better players. And he knows that's on him. A lot of people say, oh, that's on him. You, you That's on Capel. And I'm like, listen, he knows that it's on him, but he's putting it out there. He's like, yeah, we need to get better players. And so 
players are like, well, fine. If you don't want us, we'll leave. Um, so, I, again, I look at this transfer portal. It's you know People are seeing it like a burden, but it's also an opportunity. Pitt can truly reshape its roster this year. They get some more. Explo- they get another explosive guard or another shooter. That changes the backcourt. They can get a wing who can score. That can space things out. And if they can get another big to pair with John Hughley, they can be a competitive team next year. And I know that people are saying, oh, it's crazy. They stink, blah, 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 blah. Listen, Wake Forest stunk last year. Miami stunk last year. They, and they turned things around. Iowa State really stunk last year, and they turned things around. The transfer portal is a new thing here with how with with the with the with the uh with the window given to these players to quickly transfer so i'm not i'm not saying that Pitt's going to change everything this year but if they're going to it's going to happen through the portal with some of the names that they keep up that they pull in and we will keep you up to date with all the names that they pull into the transfer portal here on dkpittsburghsports.com with our pit coverage all right enough basketball let's talk football because i know a lot of you all are excited about this blue gold spring game one of the big biggest things to talk about Keaton Slovis. Is he winning the quarterback job? I'll give you my insight on that and what to expect for the Blue Gold Spring Game right after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, talking all things Pit Panthers on this glorious Sunday, the first Sunday of April. Hope you had a great March. I did. My birthday's in March. I love March. Uh, Fun fact, uh, I was born during the Sweet 16. Uh, My dad was a huge Georgetown fan back in the late 80s, and I was born in 89. And uh, I was born, like, during one of the games, 
and uh, my dad was like running between the TV and my mother. <laughs> so, and he, he holds that against me. So I was like, I missed the winning shot or something like that uh, because uh, because of my birth. But I do love March. March Madness is awesome. Um, but also, now that we're through March, it means the, the spring game is coming for the football team, for pit football. And there's a lot of things to be excited about here. I got a lot of questions in my live queues this week about uh, just, just about how... Uh, you know, who, what, what should I watch for? If I'm looking at the spring game or I'm looking at spring practices, what are the top things to watch for? And I'm like, man, to be honest, this team has a lot of exciting aspects. It's tough to narrow it down, but I'll do my best. And I'll start with the quarterback position because Keaton Slovis is the guy that everyone is looking at to see. Can he be the successor to Kenny Pickett? Can he be the, can he fill the shoes of Kenny Pickett? I always try to say when people say like don't don't try to tell a tell a person that they don't have to fill somebody's shoes. They're gonna have to identify their own role. Now, granted, there is the the vacancy at pit quarterback means that there's gonna be a lot of weight on his shoulders. If he's not good, it's going to be obvious and people are gonna be like there's gonna be a lot of uh, booing and not happy about this. But I do think there's some aspects to Keaton Slovis that are very different from Kenny Pickett and could be different in good ways. Now, you're probably thinking, sitting there thinking, wait, Chris, you've said like Kenny Pickett could be the most important player in pit football history at one point. And I did do a podcast about that, and I'm not joking. I know there's Aaron Donald, Tony Dorsett, and Larry Fitzgerald, and lots of uh, pit, pit greats out here. But I truly say, and I did this, again, I did this podcast right after the ACC championship win. I still stick by if Kenny Pickett's sticking around did influence the offensive line to stick around. It does help change the culture of pit, pit football. And that ch ACC championship win is the starter to get more recruits to pick pit and as more transfer players to pick pit like Slovis did from USC, like Kanate Mumfield did from, from, uh, from Akron. And if this is the start of something, Kenny Pickett could have kicked off what could be the best football run that the program has seen since the 80s. But again, I digress to Keaton Slovis. What Slovis has that Pickett did, did not is a cannon arm. Kenny never had a cannon. He was always athletic, all-around all good player, great leader, great processor of the field, worked really well with Mark Whipple. They were really close. He was really accurate. They, they made that work. But it took years to, for Kenny Pickett to be that accurate. Keaton Slovis looks like that right now in practice. He is slinging the ball. And I've said this before, and I watched him on film. I've seen him launch a ball from the 35-yard line of one side of the field and put it just short of the end zone on the other side of the field. He can throw that thing. And I'm watching here in these, these spring practices. He's going up against Nick Patty, who Nick Patty, tough dude, great fighter. I think all Pitt fans should love Nick, Nick Patty for sticking it out the way he has, for the effort that he showed that peach ball, even though he, he broke his collarbone, you know, scoring the touchdown and wasn't able to finish the game. Nick Patty seems like a really good dude to have on your team at quarterback. But I think he's along the lines of Kenny in that sense that he's he's worked really hard at it, but he doesn't have the cannon arm that Slovis has. And you can see, I even posted a video from one of the spring practices. You know, he would throw a deep ball, and it would get there. But when Slovis would throw a deep ball, it would zip there, and it would be on time. And it would be right there in the, in the, in the bread basket for his wide receivers. Patty's putting up a really good fight in this battle. But he was fighting an uphill battle against Slovis's natural talents, which is why he was so sought after in the transfer portal and which is why everyone's so excited to see what he has. And so them two competing in this spring game is going to be very interesting. I'm also going to be very interested to see who pairs with who 
in the uh, upcoming draft of players that the pit, that pit players will do um, to see who gets to throw to Jordan Addison, who gets to throw to Gavin Bartholomew, who gets to throw to Kanate Mumfield and Jared Wayne. There could be a lot of really interesting aspects to that um, in the upcoming spring game. But there's so many things other than the quarterback position. Quarterback position. It's not just Slovis and Patty. It's you know the you know how are the linebackers shaking shaping up? I wrote a story about this with Servasi Dennis. Everyone loves Servasi and he's he's great. He's smart. I think he's a future NFL star, you know player, maybe an NFL star with the way that he plays at the Mike linebacker position. But the guys that are looking to replace Phil Campbell, Chase Pine, John Patrician look like they're athletic freaks. Solomon DeShields, a guy who could play offense and defense. Bengali Kamara, both these guys like 6'2", 220, 230, and can move and can hit and are aggressive. They play that style that, that Pat Narduzzi likes. You may have a much faster version of Pitt's defense this year. And I want to see how those guys work in this blue, blue gold spring game. How do they match up when they have to cover... Gavin Bartholomew, how do they match up when they got to shut down the run game? Because that's also been one of the biggest things that Pat Narduzzi's been really excited about. He's like, this year, the run game is still is winning more. He said, you know, last year, the run defense shut down the run game a lot in, in the in the practices. And not that's not a slight on the run game from last year because the run defense was one of the best in the country last year. So the fact that they were getting shut down made sense. But this year, the fact that they're winning and Basically, you get you have more athletic linebackers at the linebacker position, but you have the same secondary and mostly the same defensive line. I think that means it's a really good thing that Pitt's run game is winning more in these in these spring practices. And so I want to see how that works out. You know, how does how has Izzy developed as a running back? How has Roddy Hammond developed as a running back? Vincent Davis. What's their gelling like with the with the offensive line that's that came back that, that the entire offensive line that returned from last year? That's a lot of aspects that could really work out for Pitt football being a truly balanced and dangerous team this season. And that doesn't again, we haven't even addressed the secondary. You know, Eric Hallett, Brandon Hill being back, I think that's a major factor here. And I'm gonna do a podcast more about this later in the offseason. But I think one asked one part of Pitt's defense that truly improved late last season was their ability to adjust on the field. Because you look at that Western Michigan loss and even that Miami loss, and you saw when teams found a way to beat them, the defense wasn't able to like really switch things on the field. They tried a little bit, but they weren't as they weren't able to say, hey, let's adjust to this. But when you got to those games later in the season, that final push to the ACC championship, you saw them switching coverages you saw them communicating better and flowing better and I mean that Wake Forest offense if that was if Pitt played the way they did against Western Michigan that they Wake Forest might have scored a hundred on them because Wake Forest offense was legitimately that good they were one of the best offenses in the country but because they adjusted in that game after giving up 21 points in the first quarter and then shutting them out for the rest of the game that was a sign to me that hey, there's there's something there. They're, 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 they could actually click here. And for that secondary, we talked about those safeties. There's a lot of excitement at the cornerback position. AJ Woods, he's ready to step up. Runs a 4.31 40-yard dash according to his teammates. Lightning fast. Everyone's excited about Marquez Williams, MJ Dev- Devonshire. You know, being a backup. Rashad Battles coming along very well. 
But how about this Ryland Gandy kid? Early enrollee, true freshman, fresh out of high school. Said he never even played spring practices or spring ball before in high school because he was a track star. And Pat Narduzzi tells us almost every time we ask, hey, who's, who's looking good? He keeps saying Ryland Gandy, Ryland Gandy. He could be a cornerback that could be someone to watch out for in the coming years. And that's what I'm saying, Pitt fans, you got a lot to be excited about. And if you're in Pittsburgh and you got time next Saturday, April 9th, Heinz Field, go. It's free. Go watch your go watch to see who might be the stars of, of next year, who might be the people that you that, that you're rooting for as they take on West Virginia in the backyard brawl to open off the season. This could be a truly exciting pit team. And that's coming off of the most exciting pit team I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> a lot of good things going for the program. And a lot of it has to do with the culture that they've established there. And Pat Narduzzi has done a great job to establish. That's why they're able to keep guys at the defense, at defensive back and at the offensive line who wait there for two or three years to get their chance to really start and get be the be a featured part of the team because they believe in the program, they believe in what they're doing there, and they want to continue to grow in it. We'll see how they are growing next Saturday at the spring game. I'm Chris Carter here at DKPittsburghSports.com. Thanks for checking us out. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Rate, rate all our DKPittsburghSports.com's podcasting platforms as far as as far as far on Apple Podcasts. Rate us five stars. Check us out on all the different platforms. Remember, we got daily shots from DK coming all week long. We got the Ramon Foster show at 2 p.m. releasing Monday through Friday. Uh, we, got, we got shows covering Steelers, Pirates, Penguins, Penn State, Pitt, everything Pittsburgh sports right here on DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm, I'm Chris Carter. Thanks again for checking me out. Back in years next week, recapping what happened at the Blue Gold Spring Game. Your Pit Panthers. <laughs>